0: Welcome in everybody. How's your Thursday going? What a beautiful day outside. It doesn't look like uh, we're going to have any kind of emergency situations today, but when you do run into an emergency and you want to call the very best, well I'm right here. Where you should call, Cavens Disaster Response Group, they are the best. They set the standard. They have raised the bar and nobody else can clear it. Cavens, you can call them in the Oklahoma City metro area at 405 405- in Tulsa. That number, 918-282-7612. We have said, you know, put these numbers in your phone. Save them because you want to call quickly if you run into a disaster, an emergency, and they are the place to call. Just put cavens in your phone in Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa. Again, up in Green Country, 918-282-7612. They do uh, emergency services 24-7, 365, mold removal, emergency water extraction, uh, sewage cleanup, trauma, crime scene, you name it, mold investigation. They do that. They do a little bit of everything, and uh, they get your business back in business quickly because you don't want to lose uh, money by shutting down, and Caven's has the most teams, the best trained teams, and uh, Gary's a great CEO. They get reviews you know, five stars time and time again from everybody, including us, when they came over. We had a little potential flooding issue up in the attic uh, when one of the uh, the pipes had an issue, and they came over in 45 minutes. Man, it was taken care of, and they they were awesome. So happy to be here at Caverns as we are each and every Thursday. Parker Thune, what's happening? How you doing?
1: I'm juiced, Steely. Are you? All 134 FBS teams are going to be in the new NCAA football game. Everything coming out this morning about the game's design and orchestration just has me stoked about its release later this summer.
0: I will say this though, or if you go in dynasty mode or whatever, be be ready to pay 25 of uh, $25 microtransaction to keep your really good quarterback because somebody else is going to want that quarterback out of the portal, Parker. It's going to be the same nightmares That these coaches are facing right now. $25. What quarterback are you buying? I'm just saying, you know, you could have a Caden Green situation on your hands in EA Sports. Here's here's my only concern about it, but everybody's happy to have it back. But the EA Sports games of late have not been very good. But we'll see. They've taken a lot of time on this. I hope everybody gets the uh, the same thing they got out of uh, 2014, which was really good. But we'll wait and see. I know everybody's pumped about it. Hey. I want to play a soundbite and ask you guys a question right off the bat. Normally, I don't play a soundbite that goes a minute 45, but I edited this down in the production room this morning from about two and a half minutes. Uh, Some of you have seen this. Probably a lot of you have seen this, but I want to play the actual sound. This is Johnny Manziel on Shannon Sharpe's podcast yesterday and uh, talking about his days at A&M. And I think we all knew, yeah, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes, you know, in college football, even before the NIL era came in. But here is what Johnny Manziel had to say to Shannon Sharp, and then I want to ask you a question that relates to Oklahoma football. Let's roll it.
2: I'm leaving to go the draft and I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of 2014, December, 2013, right in there about December, January. I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad, but my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutman and pretty much went to him, man to man and was like, we'll take 3 million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as is today as he did when he told me. He left. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year and we would have ran it back and gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone, he asked him for X amount, someone. He had this ego about him that what we built, we was all him. You said your dad went to Kevin Summers Yep. and says for $3 million. We're staying for two more. Now, you do realize this is prior to NIL. I agree. This So this is a, a backroom deal. It went on for 30, 40 years before. It was the same way that was happening when you was getting recruited back in the day. And you guys, you know, y'all, Texas A&M got money for it. I mean, Texas ain't nobody got no money like Texas a and Y'all got the big dogs. I ring, baby. Y'all got the big dogs. And so $3 million, if he had gone to any of the boosters and said, you know what, Done. Johnny dad said he'll stay for an additional two years if we just break him off three meals. Just keep it in okay? cash. Throw it somewhere. We'll get it later. We don't need it right now. Right. But for my security, if something happens for two years down the road. Right. And my dad did this without me knowing. And I ain't mad at him about it for nothing. It's the way the business worked back then. Right. There was a bag man. There was a bag man at LSU. There was a bag man at Bama. There was a bag man at
0: every school. There you go. Johnny Manziel talking to Shannon Sharp on his podcast. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's a huge surprise. First of all. Johnny Manziel is one of the biggest D-bags in college football history, in athletics, period. What I want to know, because the Sooners, you know, had to experience that uh, horrific loss in the Cotton Bowl to A&M and Johnny Manziel. I don't think there's ever been a bigger, more annoying D-bag that OU has lost to than Johnny Manziel. But what I want to know, who are some of the other players who fit into that same category as a Sooner fan man we lost to that guy you know I'm looking for a player if you want to throw a coach in there that's fine but Parker I don't think there's any one that was more annoying to lose to than Johnny Football
1: no I don't think so either and you know it's funny I I will say this obviously losing to Johnny Manziel sucks in general regardless of who you are but I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before Steely I have Zero memory of that Cotton Bowl whatsoever. I don't know if I just blocked it out, but I I cannot remember a single thing that happened in that forty-one thirteen Cotton Bowl loss. That's good Texas for a.
0: you, man. That's really good because you don't want to relive that nightmare. That second half, in particular, was a disaster.
1: I just I, I recall nothing. I I have to remind myself that that game. And what was it? The insight bowl against Iowa. I have to remind myself that those games happened. I don't know what I was doing in the years 2011 and 2012, but whatever it was, I was checked out for those two bowl games.
0: You know, I think about the only thing I remember about the insight bowl, the Iowa game, didn't the, uh, the, uh camera crash onto the field the one that they have on the pulleys and everything I believe so yes i think that's about the only thing i remember from the Insight ball after all it's a freaking Insight ball but this was the uh this was the cotton Bowl. but i want to know 405-651-3439 my chevrolet tax line is there anybody who tops johnny manziel on that list of annoying players that beat oklahoma And, you know, beyond Johnny Manziel, who else goes on that list? 405-651-3439.
1: Steely Slim Brady is challenging you. He says, Steely, if Manziel was a Sooner, you would have absolutely loved him.
0: Well, yeah, of course. But, you know, I mean, a lot of people thought Baker was a D-bag in college, right? I mean, if they're they're wearing your school colors, of course that's going to be different. But, you know, the thing I didn't like about Johnny Manziel... He's one of those dudes, normally if you're a white guy and you try to be super hip-hop, you can't pull it off. 99% of us, you can't do that. You know, if you're Eminem or Mac Miller, somebody like that, maybe you can, Kid Rock maybe, and he's got a little more, you know, hip-hop redneck thing going on. But, um, and he just walked around with the dollar bills, you know, the hundreds and all of that stuff. And you, you kind of anticipate... This guy's living too large. He's a D-bag. There's going to be a crash and fall. And sure enough, we saw it with uh, Johnny Football. Man, he was a great college football player, though. He was a great – I mean, he's one of those guys you look back at, like Tim Tebow or Danny Werfel or uh, Gino Toretta. And I don't, I'm not even sure Gino Toretta was a great college quarterback. But that they were great in college, but in the NFL, it was too much for him. So, anyway – Let's try and get some answers to that question. 405-651-3439. Ken Impelmayer, Chevrolet, tax line.
1: So there is no clear consensus on the tax line, Steely, but there are two names that have been mentioned far more than the rest so far. Okay, yeah. Would you like to take a gander?
0: Now, again, we're talking about they had to lose Yes. to these guys. Uh, let's see. On my list, I'm going to say uh, – Either Ian Johnson or Jared Zabransky from Boise State?
1: Neither of those two. So the common denominator here is they're both left-handed quarterbacks.
0: Matt Leiner? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was on my list. The other lefty. The other left-handed quarterback.
1: You were just talking about him a second ago.
0: Oh, Tebow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. How could I not put Tebow on my list, man? How could I not have Tebow on that list? He was uh, he was talking trash. He and Nick Harris that whole game, and uh, Florida, of course, beat Oklahoma in that game. The Sooners had their opportunities but couldn't cash in. That was a rough night. Of course, every time Oklahoma plays in a national championship th- game, they usually play that opponent in their home state. I don't know how it works out that way, but it does. All right. 405-651-3439 here at Cabin's Disaster Response Group. Keep those texts rolling in. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Thunder back in action. Oklahoma City and the LA Clippers tonight. Hey, after tonight, Oklahoma City doesn't play another current top four seed in the Western Conference. The rest of the regular season. They they have the tiebreaker against Minnesota. They have the tiebreaker against Denver. If they win tonight, they're one-on-one against the Clippers. They win tonight. They have the tiebreaker against the L.A. Clippers. You could win the Western Conference with those numbers. We'll see uh, how much Gordon Hayward plays tonight. I think he will play. Said yesterday he's ready to play. Will we see any of Bismarck Biombo tonight? Yeah, very limited role if we do. But uh, we'll talk to Brandon Rabar uh, coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline out here at Cabins and talking a little thunder basketball. All right, break time, coming right back. Let's uh let's get those texts rolling in 405-651-3439 Myers Chevrolet text line. All right, we are back here at Cavens Group. We will have uh, Gary on a little bit later on in the program. Riverwind Casino, we have a day out there tomorrow. We like to go to the very best in the business, whatever business they're in. We're here at Cavens, disaster response team. Cabin sets the standard, best casino experience in the metro area. Riverwind Casino, nearly 3,000 electronic games, best selection there. They've got all of your favorite table games for you to enjoy as well. Big time poker room, off track betting in there. Great promotions. We have drawings coming up uh, tomorrow night and Saturday night over at Riverwind. It is the final drawing in the 80k Leap Into Love a promotional uh, drawing. Will be happening Saturday night. Get out there, win your share. Somebody's gonna win, right? Somebody's gonna win. Why not you? Get out there and hopefully hear your name called in the 80k Leap Into Love promotional drawing. Also the 60k Cupids mad dash the final hot seat drawings there will be on saturday nights, and they're giving away again a bunch of cash and bonus play 60k in cash and bonus play for that promotion as well we have a concert coming up with scotty mccreary at the showplace theater later in march jay leno jim gaffigan in april ryan bingman uh, bingham and the uh, texas gentleman kip moore on a saturday uh, also in april chelsea handler on a friday night in may brantley gilbert with the show friday night in May, we've got a lot of things happening. The new Beats and Bites uh, spring-summer concert series schedule is out. And you can get your tickets for these great shows online at Riverwind.com or at the Showplace Theater box office inside the casino. We, uh, we've we got an analog man, me, dealing with the digital equipment. And I, uh, I hate the digital equipment almost as much as I hate Johnny Manziel. I mean, hate's a strong word, strongly dislike it, but hopefully we can power through. Our old tie line, old red, died on us earlier this week. Rest in peace. We're down to one tie line. I may have to buy that tie line myself from the station so I can just have it at all times. Yeah, I'm that way. I'm that way. All right. uh, uh, By the way, Parker, I think that you know what I've done? I've made an error. I think that the text line has woken me up because I said there's nobody that it was more painful for a Sooner fan to lose to than Johnny Manziel. Well, I was wrong. I think King Tebow is that guy because the stakes were higher. So let's see what the text line says. 405. 651 3439 Kenmplemeye Chevrolet text
1: line. Maybe, maybe it's just me stealing like I and I was young, you know, so maybe I didn't have as much perspective then as some of you. but I didn't mind losing to Tim Tebow like when Oklahoma lost that national championship game in January of 2009, my thought process was, well at least it was Tim Tebow and not somebody more insufferable than him. I always liked and respected Tim Tebow. I didn't mind losing that game. Well, obviously, I did I, I did mind losing that. I would rather have not lost that game, Steely. But the fact that Tim Tebow was hoisting the trophy at the end of the night, that didn't bug me. It bugged me a little bit more that Urban Meyer was hoisting the trophy at the end of the night. Of course, we didn't know at that point what a scumbag he really was. It took another decade for us to find out, but... Yeah, Urban bugged me more than Tebow did.
0: I think maybe for a lot of people with Tim Tebow, um, you know, obviously he wears his Christianity on his sleeve, goes out and speaks about it in public all the time, and that doesn't bother me. But there are some people, you know, man, he's out there talking trash, cursing at people or whatever. It's football. You can still be a Christian. The whole idea of being a Christian is you're not perfect, right? But I think some people you know, thought that he was way too holier than thou, and, um, you know, I I think that's why I rubbed some people the wrong way. Just my opinion. I may be wrong, but I think that was a big part of it. All right, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line.
1: A listener in the 918 says, Who was the fullback that played for West Virginia that ate cardboard? We lost to them in a bowl game that year. You're thinking of Owen Schmidt.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember he – I think it was Lewis Baker as a big play, and I can't remember if he ran the ball or blocked for somebody, but Lewis Baker, who was kind of a slender, speed, you know, speed linebacker, just got absolutely destroyed by Owen Schmidt, and Owen Schmidt stood over him and just yelled right in his face. <laughs> I remember the crowd, Mike, picking it up. That dude was an animal. Wasn't he on the cover of one of the EA Sports College Football games, Owen Schmidt? I don't think I don't think so. I think he might have been. Owen go ahead and Schmidt, Google it really? up. Let me know. Go ahead and Google it up. Somebody. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Now maybe it was ob- a Photoshop deal back in the day.
1: Obviously Zabransky was on the cover of NSA. Yes go, he
0: go. was. Yeah.
1: I don't think Owen Schmidt was, but I will look into it. I will certainly look into it.
0: Okay, what else do we have? 405-651-3439. Ken Epelmeyer, Chevrolet text line.
1: A 405 listener says, Tebow is a good man, so not as bad as Johnny Manziel, the D-bag. But an nine one eight listener says, Parker, it's time for you to leave the state. Losing to Timmy sucked.
0: When will you be packing your bags? Is that going to be happening today? Probably not. Probably not. All right, uh, 405- By the way, also want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems, of course our uh, first-hour sponsor here on Steel Man & Thune, 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you. You have an A.C. issue, furnace issue in the winter. Whatever uh, you need taken care of, they'll do a great job for you at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Oh, gosh, Steely, that was a good pull.
1: Owen Schmidt was... The NCAA football cover athlete, but only for the PSP version of NCAA football 2009. The cover athlete everywhere else was Deshaun Jackson, but on the PSP, it was indeed Owen Schmidt.
0: I thought I remembered that. Then you made me think I was crazy, and most of the time I am crazy, but I I thought I remembered that, that he was on the cover. Because I I definitely had the PlayStation uh, version.
1: KW918 says, Tim Tebow was fine, but he wasn't even the best player on that field. Percy Harvin is the best college football player I've ever seen in person. That dude was quite literally built different.
0: Yeah, that night, uh, Florida got Percy Harvin back, and Oklahoma, of course, played without DeMarco Murray. Might have made a difference. Had DeMarco Murray played and Percy Harvin not played, Oklahoma would have won the game. But that's not the way it worked out. And I'm fairly
1: certain that these days, if Major Wright had landed that hit on Manny Johnson the way that games are officiated in 2024, yeah, oh, he, he
0: would have been out of there.
1: Yeah, they probably would have shanked him right there on the field.
0: Yeah, yeah, he laid him out, and he you you saw the uh, in the documentary that I was going to send a message right off the bat, no matter you know who I had to hit, and he just went right at Manny Johnson, and he definitely would have been out. A 405 listener says the USC
1: Orange Bowl loss to Leinert, Bush, and Coach Pete was much worse.
0: Well, and Matt Leinert was one of the names that I put on there. And because that night, any Sooner fan who was there that night, that was an absolute nightmare. But remember that Matt Leinert went on a radio show. I don't know if it was a national show or in L.A., but said, yeah, the Oklahoma players quit during the game. So he also rubbed salt in the wound, and, and maybe they did. But he was saying, yeah, we were, they were saying, man, let's just end this. They quit. So that was another reason, I think, why, you know, anytime you lose in a national championship game by 36 points and then you have the opposing quarterback saying you quit, that's tough.
1: Major Applewhite has been a popular nomination on the text line. Oh,
0: That's another good one.
1: And Sam yeah. Ellinger did beat Oklahoma once.
0: Remember the Sam Ellinger uh, – you remember Kyler Murray was sitting there on the turf and Sam Ellinger came over and tried to tell him good game or whatever, and Kyler was like, whatever, dude. But, uh, yeah, Sam Ellinger was uh, – I don't know. I respected him, but I was also annoyed by him. Is that possible? I think that's absolutely possible, sure. You can respect someone he was be tough as for nails. Instance,
1: for instance, I respect Colin Cowherd.
0: Mm-hmm. But he is incredibly annoying. All right, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I think he's really, uh, really good. He's he's got great verbal skills, and he comes up with you know interesting takes on stuff. But we also know that some of those are just complete, you know, to get uh, to get traction and get views and clicks and all of that. And I, you know, maybe that's what we've all been doing in radio forever. But it just seems more. Um, you know, self selfish and, um, narcissistic now than it ever has.
1: Sean on the text line says losing three straight to former Aggie, Jimmy Johnson was the worst.
0: Sorry. Pistol Steely. You know, we, we didn't say coach, but those Miami teams. Yeah. Those, you know, Vinny and and company, they came into Norman. I think they won 27 to 14, if I'm not mistaken, that was, but Oklahoma won the Natty that year. Troy Aikman got hurt. Jerome Brown broke his leg. Jamel comes in. The rest is history. Uh, Miami loses in the bowl game. The Sooners win the national championship. Uh, then you had, um, you know, the next year too, and then another uh, Steve Walsh team. So yeah, Miami had the Sooners number. There's no doubt. Those are some. Think about what that Miami team did. They have five Natty's overall. Those five national championships came in an 18 year span. That's amazing. Pretty amazing. All right, we'll break right here. Coming up, we're going to have Gary uh, joining us here in a little bit. Uh, 405 651 3439. We'll keep uh, the text line open. Thank you, Knippe Meyer Chevrolet. And uh, 135, we'll talk to Brandon Rabard, the Thunder, and the Clippers tonight. What a game! What a game headed down the stretch as we resume the NBA season tonight. And uh, we'll also hear some audio from Gordon Hayward from yesterday as well. Keep it right here on the home of Sooner fans. Okay, we are back here at Cavens Group on a Thursday. Love being out here. They are the best at what they do. Cavens Group, 14 years in business, disaster response group. They're the uh, best trained, they have the most teams. They are always getting and learning about the latest technology here at Cavens Group. You know, uh, Gary is always pushing for more in terms of knowledge, more teams, more ways to help people out if they run into a disaster, any kind of disaster that you might have, water, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene, they can get it taken care of for you quicker and more proficiently and professionally than anybody else. In the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Check them out online at cavensgroup.com And uh, also like uh, like Cavens Group on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, the uh, OU softball team will next be in action. That's why Plank wasn't on uh, today. Uh, on Friday, they're playing out in L.A. in the Mary Nutter Classic. They're 9-0, and number one in the country. They've won 62 games in a row. They have outscored their opposition 67-7 to so far. Nine games, 67. That's over seven runs a game and less than a run a game.
1: That was some impressive math there, Steely.
0: Well, they, you, you start putting letters in the math and I'm lost. But Patty Gasso you know there's a high standard at OU and uh, patty says that the Sooners yeah they're 9 and 0 but they are not totally pleased after last week in louisiana
3: we all agreed it was not our best weekend and we hitching staff was has been just excellent from the start so that's good news good news defense has been very very good as well it's our offense and i think there's a little bit of press but there's also Uh, This weekend, I felt a little bit of staleness, almost taking for granted who we're playing, and it's our opportunity to get better, so we talked a lot about that, and um, yesterday practice looked a little bit different and a little more push. I think there are times we're starting to get away from uh, what our mindset really is, which is blue-collar and hardworking, and I missed some of that this weekend, so um, it was kind of a team decision that they want more, more, more push. So I can easily do that.
0: <laughs> I love that there at the end. So, uh, yeah, Patty, uh, you know, looking to become the uh, the first coach to make it four in a row would be amazing. And, again, uh, my guess is I don't know how many games, Parker, but if they win the Natty and they, they win at the clip they're winning at, and they're, I think they're going to lose a game or two this season. But they can still – can you imagine if it was like a 104-game winning streak or something? I mean, who knows? With this team, you never know. Their pitching staff has been great. Kelly Maxwell has been fantastic. The lefty, former cowgirl, Nicole May, uh, Peyton Monticelli from Wisconsin. And, by the way, they play Wisconsin uh, in the Mary Nutter Classic tomorrow uh, tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. They play Mississippi State at 730. But uh, May, Maxwell, Monticelli. Kirsten Deal, Carly Keeney from Liberty has looked really good, and S.J. Guerin, the freshman uh, left-hander, also looked good when she came in. So they've got six arms, you know, a couple lefties who pitch very differently, of course, everybody on the staff. That, that There may not be a Jordy Ball bulldog on that staff. Maybe there will be. So far it looks like it might be Kelly Maxwell. But they've got so many good arms, man, that you, they can run out there and keep you off balance as a hitter. So, so far, so good for the Sooner women. Mary Nutter Classic uh, tomorrow night, Mississippi State at 7.30, Oklahoma time, Wisconsin at 10 o'clock, Oklahoma time. These games are all on flow softball and, of course, on the ref as well. Uh, We will have them for you. And uh, we've got a lot of the uh, diamond sports coming up. Sooner Baseball uh, right here on the ref tomorrow. OU playing Wright State, 4 o'clock. Uh, Home opener tomorrow, first pitch again at 4 o'clock. They've got a doubleheader with Wright State Saturday and a single game on Sunday. Uh, So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then Sooners softball again, um, you know, we've got everything covered for you um, in the Sooners home opening series against Wright State and the OU softball team out in California at the Mary Nutter Classic. Okay, 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. What do we have, Parker?
1: Well, I'll tell you, there's a 405 listener that just hates Baylor, evidently, because, you know, we were having a conversation about who, who did you not enjoy losing to as an OU fan. And this particular listener says Sean Oakman, 2014 Baylor football team, Brittany Griner, RG3, Baylor in general.
0: Well, Sean Oakman tried and nearly did uh, decapitate uh, Trevor Knights on Owen Field. Uh, the RG, you know, that, that was RG3's Heisman moment against Oklahoma, right? Corner of the end zone to beat the Sooners when Baylor had, Baylor had never beaten Oklahoma at that time. Uh, that, that was a tough one. But uh, to me, I think Tebow and, and Manziel are hard to beat for me.
1: A 918 listener says, Ellinger was a tool taking shots at Orlando Brown's combine effort on Twitter, and he had his stupid tweet, I remember every single player in person that disrespects the rich tradition of the University of Texas by putting the horns down. Do not think it will be forgotten in the future.
0: Oh, man, I forgot about that. That's right. You know, the thing about Ellinger, though, you, you saw the stories about him. You know, he's four years old and he's got his longhorn uniform on. Um, and the kid was tough. You know, I'll give him that. He was definitely tough, man. He Who, who was going to be running the football down at the goal line for Texas most of the time in that situation? It was going to be Sam Ellinger. And, uh, you know, he also got a lot of shade on social media for Longhorn Nation. Where about? you know, with Holly Rowe. But, um, yeah, I can see that. Now, if OU had lost to Chris Sims, that would have been very difficult. But Chris Sims never even threw a touchdown pass against OU. He Well, he did to Teddy Lehman, of course. But, you know, that's it. Slim Brady says,
1: speaking of Baylor, crazy but true fact, we're undefeated the past two years when not starting Jordy Ball in softball.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess. Well, I guess that's true. Jordy Ball is the only one that has lost a game for Oklahoma over yeah. the past two seasons.
0: But remember, last year in the uh, in the College World Series, man, she <laughs> she was a bulldog. She was great. And look, Oklahoma is the overwhelming favorite to win it again. Uh, this is a another great team. I know Patty's a little bit uh, frustrated with the bats right now. thinks they should be scoring more runs, but. You know, that, that's the Sooner softball standard right now. Like I said, they're averaging over seven runs a game. And the opposition, albeit, you know, not just world beaters on the schedule so far. Washington was, you know, um, and uh, Duke was. But, um, you know, less than a run a game, too. So the pitching's been great. Defense, we all thought they would miss Grace Lyons. Uh, but so far the defense has been really good, but you know they they definitely feel like they uh, they could score some more. But but every team in the country would take those numbers. Big
1: right Rick now. in Owasso says the worst part of the loss to USC was having to listen to Ashley Simpson screech her halftime song.
0: <laughs> I remember there; I could hear it because. At halftime, I was uh, out there at the concession stand uh, hotboxing the fawns, and a lot of you know that story. But um, I could hear the boos, you know, inside the stadium still as I was out there getting my uh, halftime snacks. Um, And I think, did she get booed like the minute they introduced her? And then uh, most of the song was drowned out out by boos that I, I remember. So, anyway. All right, 405-651-3439, Duke has rolled into the conference room. Duke, I understand you had surgery. I hope you're good. The paw looks good. you got a smile on your face, and it's good to have you back. All right, Duke, the uh, the station mascot, is out here. You know what I love about cabins? This is the most professional outfit in the business, but it's a very family-friendly, pet-friendly environment in here. They have five dogs in here and a cat. And they're all super cool. And for somebody who loves pets, this is an oasis right here. All right, stay with us. We'll head back to the text line. And um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Brandon Rebar, again, coming up at 135, talking Thunder Clippers tonight at the Paycom Center, 7 o'clock. We shall return. Back here at Cavins Group, our uh, home away from home on uh, Thursdays and happy to be out here. Gary, Amanda, the whole crew's out here. Duke the Wonder Dog coming off surgery is right here next to me in the conference room. And if I stop petting him, his big paw will tap me on the shoulder. Dude, what are you doing? Keep petting. So, Duke, we got you taken care of. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Meyer Chevrolet text line back there in one second. We'll speak with Gary coming up at the top of the hour and uh, see what Gary's been up to. He's always got something new happening here at Cabin's. Uh, learning a new part of the trade or, uh, you know, getting some brand-new equipment. He is always on the move, Gary Cavins. All right, so the Thunder tonight and the L.A. Clippers. This is a big game right out of the chute uh, for the home stretch for the Oklahoma City Thunder. 24 regular season games left. As I said, right now, after tonight, Oklahoma City doesn't play another current Top four seed in the West the rest of the regular season. Got the Minnesota tiebreaker. Got the Nuggets tiebreaker. You're currently even at one game apiece with the L.A. Clippers on the season series. You could get the Clippers tiebreaker as well. So, you know, that that happens. You know, you've got to think the Thunder's got a chance to win the West. Now, this is a young team. It's going to be interesting to see how they play down the stretch. I looked at the uh, remaining schedule at Oklahoma City at 54 and 28. I don't know where that will land them, but that's what I projected for the Thunder. Now, the other question tonight Gordon Hayward, what's he going to bring to this basketball team? How much will he play? Said yesterday, meeting the media, he's good to go. Hasn't played since the day after Christmas, but he could be that missing piece, particularly, you know, in late game situations where Josh Giddy isn't being guarded by anybody. Gordon Hayward can change the dynamic of that. Uh, strategy by an opposing team quite a bit. There's no doubt about it. Here's what Gordon Hayward said yesterday, uh, well, that he's excited to get going with OKC.
4: They were rolling way before I got here, so I'm not trying to disrupt that. I'm trying to add to it and just help us in any way that I can. Um, certainly the style of play, you know, ball moves, the players move, um, you know, you're reading before the catch and making the right plays and that fits right up my alley is what I want to do. So Just focused on trying to do that, trying to help the team. It's been good. Everyone's been really welcoming um, from the top to the bottom of the organization. So, um, ready to get going here.
0: There you go. And uh, I think he will play tonight. The question is, how many minutes will he play tonight? And Viz Mike Biambo, if you heard Mark Dagnald yesterday, basically said he's a situational player for us. And we told him that when he was coming in. He is a guy that is not a stretch the floor big. He is not a guy that's going to get out and do a lot on the perimeter. He's a guy that's going to try and guard some of those opposing big men, uh, help the Thunder in situations where they're really getting killed on the boards. But I don't expect him to play a whole lot except in specific situations. So, anyway, 7 o'clock tonight, Paycom Palace, Oklahoma City, and the L.A. Clippers. All right, Parker, so the uh, the Suter men Saturday – in Stillwater, 3 o'clock, ESPN 2, and guess who won again last night? Oklahoma State, on no, the road no. at Cincinnati, won 76 no, Cowboys have no. won 3-5. of Going to be tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always tough going up to Gallagher-Iba, Steely, for obvious reasons. It's a historic venue. It's a loud venue, and the Sooners in general this season have been a better team on their home floor than they have on the road. And while that is typically the case for just about anybody, you know, the the Sooners do have a very, well, they haven't been unable to break through at Gallagher IBA in recent years, but more often than not, that trip has presented its challenges regardless of how good these two teams look on paper or in comparison to one another. So no, you gotta you gotta go up expecting a challenge on Saturday from the Cowboys because Big Twelve basketball is a gauntlet. There are no there are no bye weeks. There are no games where you know you can mail it in and give sixty percent effort and expect to win. If there is a team in this conference uh, that you feel like, or I I guess that you're tempted to feel that way about. It's probably Oklahoma State, but then again, like you mentioned, just when you think they're down and out, Mike Boynton's squad goes and rips off three of five, and all of a sudden they don't look like the gimme that they once were.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, the Sooners struggled 66-62 in the first game against the Cowboys, and everybody at one point in that game had the thought, oh my God, they're going to lose to OSU. Yet they were able to make plays down the stretch to win that game. Saturday, 3 o'clock. We are doubling up on Bedlam this weekend. The uh, Sooner women will host the Cowgirls, and that will be a uh, 1 o'clock tip. That game's on Fox, by the way. And uh, the Sooner women won in Stillwater. Uh, it'll be three weeks this Saturday. 81-74 to 74 was the final in that game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, again, in Norman, 1 o'clock for the ladies, 3 o'clock in Stillwater and a game uh, on ESPN2 in Bedlam for the Sooners and uh, the Cowboys for the men. Okay, uh, can I just tell you I hate the headphones on this stupid digital equipment. They're just so bad. It's like listening to uh, music and you get got a really good tune and the headphones stink.
1: Tune it's in wh- at the top of the hour when Steely will walk outside
0: and yell at the clouds. Could happen. It very. We need to get a sponsor for that. Who could be the yelling at clouds? Sponsor Smart Water. Okay, yeah, we, you know, we need a sponsor for everything. So maybe that's, maybe that's where we look. Okay, Travis for, from
1: California on the text line says, Steely touting the pokes again.
0: face palm I am not touting the pokes. I just stated facts. That's it. I gave you the score of the first game, and you know you were thinking the same thing in the first game. Oh my <laughs> God, they're about to lose to Oklahoma State. I also told you that OSU has won. Three of its last five. Those are facts. Don't you make me into Pistol Pete again. Don't do it. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, A listener in the
1: 580 says Depends could be the sponsor. I think they already sponsor Steely.
0: Yes, on the stream. We can't ask them for more money. We can go back to Metamucil for some more money or something. Oh,
1: they're no longer a partner of
0: yours? What about Little Debbie? Little Debbie, the olds love Little Debbies, don't they? I was more of a hostess guy myself, but we had some Little Debbies back in the in the day. You could
1: switch to Zin, and they could sponsor us.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought about that. Not as messy. Zin anyway. is Bill Beatenbo approved. Steely, make the move. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe can you get me uh, uh, on a conference call with Bill Beatenbo to discuss? That would be nice. I bet I can. Okay. Uh, let's take a break right here. We've got Gary coming up to tell us what's happening here at Caven's Group, and uh, there's always something happening here. Usually, you know, Gary, if he's not at lunch, he'll be in a class learning a, some of the new tricks of the trade so they can stay ahead of the game as they always do here at Caven's. All right. Thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring hour number one. Get out to Riverwind. Play with your wild card today. Big drawings Friday and Saturday. We'll be right back talking to you from Caven's group today great to be with you we have the man mr gary cabins joining us right now duke the wonder dog is here still trying to get me to keep patting me is what he's trying to tell me but uh fresh off surgery duke looks good gary how we doing
5: We're doing good. We're doing good. You know, Duke's doing good from his surgery yesterday. He's definitely feeling needy, though, needy, but uh, he's doing good.
0: All right. And, uh, you know, you said, you know, we need to talk about sewage, and we all love talking about sewage, right? (laughs) I mean, that's one of the, hey, come on over. Let's talk some sewage. But it's very important. And, uh, by the way, Sooner basketball, second half against Kansas. Sewage? Yeah, pretty much. But – why do you want to tell everybody why it's important? Because there are issues happening right now and some that probably some people don't think about. Well, you know, we
5: talk a lot about mold. We talk a lot about water. We talk about crime scene cleanup. But one thing we don't talk about is sewage. And sewage is just as bad as a crime scene cleanup in most cases because you've got hepatitis in it, uh, HIV. You've got several diseases in it. Um and people just don't think about that. You know, if a, if you have a sewer back up into your business, um, that basically the line's clogged and it's backed up into your business and flooded your business with sewage, uh, you know, there's a certain way that that has to be handled because of health and safety reasons uh, for your clients, for your employees, uh, for family. Um, it's because, you know, you don't want to them to you know, touch something or get something and then it gets into their eye or mouth or something like that. And then you've got some health problems because of it. Uh, So it has to be cleaned properly. It has to be um, treated and it has to be squared away so that, you know, you don't have to worry about any health concerns after a a sewage loss because, you know, uh, especially when you get into a public environment, you don't know who's used that bathroom, what they have and how it's affecting Uh, you know, the people in that environment once it backs up into that environment. So, you know, we talk about crime scene, water, mold, but also sewage. We do sewage cleanup, and we do that 24-7, 365, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Missouri, and um, Kansas. Did I say Kansas? Kansas.
0: You did. Yes, you did. Yeah, it's, you know, and hygiene and stuff, it's like I am so, you know, when I – If I go into a restroom somewhere at a restaurant and some dude, you know, walks by and kind of just pulls a paper towel out and, like, it's like, dude, you've got to, like, wash your hands. We live (laughs) in a society here. What are you doing, you filthy pig? But you're right. You never know. You never know about that situation. I I think this time of the year, it's beautiful out today. The sun's out and shining. You know, we're in the Uh, mid-60s. Old man winter's going to come back at some point and hit us again. But... You know, kind of this time of the year when we start moving closer to spring, people don't think about, well, my pipe's not going to burst, you know. But there there are other emergency situations that you have to deal with.
5: There are, uh, 100%. You know, we start getting into spring. We start getting into a lot of heavy rain and directional rain and storms, and water finds its way in. And, you know, one thing me and Josh were talking about earlier today is, you know, water intrusion issues. If you've got water intrusion issues, well, what do water intrusion issues lead to? If they get in your wall cavity and they get on your sheet rock, and your insulation, uh, if you have a wood frame structure, they start getting on that. What are all those based? On? They're all made out of cellulose. They all have cellulose in them. And what does mold love to grow on? Cellulose it materials. It grows on it, it eats on it. You get the water in there, you get the food, you get the humidity just about right, and then you start having mold growing inside your walls, and then it works its way outside the walls. So, you know, if you have a water intrusion issue, you need to get on top of it. Call the Cavens team. We've got water intrusion investigators that can come out and look at water intrusion issues. And, you know, if you see staining, uh, water staining on your ceiling, on your walls, um, or you see water puddles on your floor and stuff like that, those are signs you have a water intrusion issue, but it's also signs that you may need to have your house looked at to see if you have a mold issue too or your business um or you're in you know whatever we're here to help you know whether it's industrial commercial hospital um 24 7
0: 365. all right one more before we let you go you're always working on something new whether it's getting a new certificate or going to another class or getting the latest equipment or you know more vehicles you're you're always upgrading uh the business so what have you been up to the last couple weeks anything new
5: I've got a couple of new certifications, a new one in mold and a new one in water. And actually, I've got two new ones in mold and one in water. And um, we, uh, some of our management staff has got some new mold certifications, too, and stuff. And, you know, we're just always learning and always developing because the industry is always changing. And in this industry, if you're not constantly going to school and learning stuff, then you don't know anything because it changes so quickly, the technology uh, and just everything. Everything's always changing.
0: So you got certified in mold, and I've got certified in old. Thank you very much, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> boop, boop. I'm sorry, that was horrible. Gary, we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so you much. So much. <laughs> Gary Cavins, ladies and gentlemen, follow them uh, on social media on uh, on the World Wide Web at Cavins Group, C A V I N S, Cavins, Cavins com. Yeah, they post a lot of instructional videos there, and you can learn something. Gary knows the very latest techniques and uh, everything that they do here. Uh, like them on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All of them, all right? By the way, Parker, I need you here in just a bit to tell us about our uh, sponsor for our number two here on Steel Man and Thune. You want to get a couple texts in first? Sure, why not? Let's go
1: right ahead. Jay in Tulsa says when Steely goes out to yell at the clouds, he morphs, he morphs into pissed
0: off Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I try. It's just a natural occurrence, you know. I think when you get over sixty, that it just happens. You, you just uh, you you get a little bit angrier at stuff.
1: A 972 I- listener says, Steely, you are not old. Shut down all this talk.
0: Here's what, here's how I describe that, because my mom tells me that, Michael, you're not, but I feel old. Based on all the stuff that we've been through, losing parents, and Shay's heart disease, and Shay's MS, and you know COVID, and everything else, all the lack of civility on social media, I am aging in dog years. I might be 60, but I feel 75. All right. I mean, it's not just a, a trope. Some of it is, but. Uh, I am I am clo- moving closer to
1: ninety, is what I'm saying. If That's you're 60 all. but you feel 75, then doing some quick calculations, that would imply that you started aging in dog years a little over two years ago. So I can't help but feel responsible for that, at least partially. No, you you've helped the cause. You oh, really? The cause. Yeah, you no, have okay. helped the cause. I'll take yeah, that. You have. You're good. I'll take that. Uh, S. Rob Booman says Geritol for Steely. <laughs>
0: Hey, They used to sponsor uh, Lawrence Wilk back in the day. Anybody old enough to have, like, their parents and grandparents, we're going to watch Lawrence Wilk tonight? Oh, no. Because there was one TV until you maybe got one when you get a little older for your room, a portable TV or something. But And you weren't changing that channel. You were in for the entire hour with Lawrence Wilk.
1: Doug and Norman simply says, Steely, welcome to my world.
0: I hear you, Doug. I hear him. you. Well, I, I not, mean, there's a little bit of it that's a bit, but yes, I, I definitely feel older than 60, Doug, which is sad. I will
1: say, Steely isn't quite living in your world, because I don't know that Steely has the capacity to make a Mastacholi quite like you.
0: No, that, that, which is really, really
1: good, by the way. Uh, by the way, before we go any further, I want to remind you, this hour of the Steel Man and Thuna Noon Show is brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, locally operated in Norman and Edmond, BlackThunderRoofing.com, 405-473-8028. They also service Shawnee, Yukon, and Mustang, and they can do it all a one-stop shop for customers looking for one contractor. Again, 405-473-8028. Eric in the OC says, key to not feeling old, exercise,
0: especially weightlifting. When? When do you exercise? I mean, I'd have to get up at like 3 a.m., See, I like to – I'm not like one of these guys who just comes in and turns a microphone on and starts talking. If you want to do it that way, that's fine. i got to prep. i got to put sound in. I've got to come up, you know, look at uh, ideas and angles and stuff like that. So it's just – I mean, eventually I've got to get back to that because really about ten years ago I was in great shape. And then life hit and, you know, start playing the violin for me here. Everything changed, man. You know, but – But I do need to get back to more of that. That's that's for sure. At some point.
1: Uh, (laughs) Sean says, Mike, even worse was when the president came on and it was every channel.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember you actually here is uh, in who said that I wasn't old. I can't remember who was that. Um, Here's here's proof that I am. I am old enough to remember the days when you had to get off the couch and actually go change the channel on the TV itself. We thought when we got cable TV and that little sliding thing that you got that had like, man, we've got 40 channels now. There'll be something on all the time, forever. And within like two months, man, there's nothing on. It's kind of like now when you have 9 million channels nothing really on what do you want to watch i don't know there's nothing on but when we got that little sliding cable channel changer we thought that was unbelievable so but that shows you how you actually had to get up and change the channel where were you the day that kennedy was assassinated steely well let's see i would have been uh still in uh in my mom's stomach because I was, I didn't arrive until August of 63. And what that was what, May of 63? Uh, I should know the date on that. Was that December? November? Uh, go ahead and Google it up. Oh, Nobody's it was here.
1: November. It was November. Yeah. So
0: you were around. Yeah. You were around. Wait a minute. Okay, yeah, you're right. I was around, but I have no recollection of that. Although I did watch JFK and many documentaries. OU Lou from
1: Hennypin says, I had to go outside and turn the antenna.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) I remember on the antenna days before cable, I went out. uh, Golly, it probably would have been, I would have been in like fourth grade, maybe. Friend of mine lived in the same neighborhood, Larry Fisher. We went over to his house and late at night, we were changing the channels and through the gray noise, I could see, that's UCLA basketball. So we stopped on it momentarily. I, I think it was the old John Wooden games. It was probably KTLA or something. And they had a strong enough signal that you could, it would fade in and out. And I was like, I'm getting to watch UCLA basketball. This is the greatest thing ever. And I got to watch like five minutes of it. And uh, then it was gone. But – that's that's
1: how it was back in the day. Well, an antenna is what I grew up with too. Of course, and it wasn't quite it wasn't quite as antiquated as the antenna that you no doubt grew up with. It was an RCA antenna, but even so, like we had we had a TV on the main floor of the house and we had a TV in the basement, and if you were watching anything in the basement, you had to tweak and tweak and tweak those antenna until you got it just right because there would be plenty of interference if it wasn't just so. The only way you could watch anything in the basement is if you spent 10, 15 minutes fiddling with the antenna to get it just right.
0: Yeah? I mean, look, technology has done some really good things, but it has also created a nation of narcissistic fools, which is probably 85% of the population now. I'm estimating now I'm going to go up to 88%. 88% of the population right now, narcissistic fools who need attention 24-7 all the time, all the time. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, out here at Cavens Group, we've got Brandon Darbar coming up at 135. Uh, I want to talk a little more about uh, Sooner Football. All right, we'll do that when we get back. Um, we'll talk about the uh, the junior. What is the, uh, the next junior day? And we're also going to talk about uh, some other names out there for OU we got a lot of stuff happening. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner, fans. Back with you here at Cabin's Group. Tomorrow we'll be out at the one and only Riverwind Casino. A huge weekend, as always, the 80K Leap into Love. Uh, promotional drawing will be happening on Friday night. Get out there and claim your share of 80K in cash and bonus play. And then uh, hot seat drawings continue on Saturday with the 60K Cupid's Mad Dash promotion, Uh, those will start Saturday night, 6 p.m., run to 11.30 p.m. They'll be drawing out three winners every 30 minutes, just like the other drawings on Friday. And, again, then you will have a a chance to be one of the grand prize winners just before midnight as they give away 60K in cash and bonus play. This weekend at Riverwind, if you haven't seen the new gaming floor, it is really, really good. It's, you know, it's been uh, finished for a while now, but a lot of people – If you haven't been out there, you will be stunned at just how much more spacious it is, how many more games they have. They have uh, all these cool new areas, the Oasis gaming area, Smoke Free, Skyloft gaming area. They've got nearly uh, 3,000 electronic games now. They still have all your favorite table games there as well. Uh, Great poker room. You have off-track betting. You've got the incredible restaurants, River Buffet, Chips and Ales, pub restaurant. The food court is newly redesigned as well. It looks spectacular. Uh, You've got, as I said, a hotel that is big time attached right to the casino. And um, they've just got the best promotions all the time at Riverwind Casino. And we've got a show this Friday with Scotty McCreary. Uh, Also coming in March, Jay Leno and Jim Gaffigan at the Showplace Theater in April. Ryan Bingham in the Texas Gentleman, Kip Moore in May, Chelsea Handler and Brantley Gilbert. And we have the brand-new lineup for Beats and Bites, which begins in late spring, runs through the summer, the outdoor concert series with all the incredible food trucks, festival atmosphere out there. It's really one of the best bargains in uh, Metro Entertainment, the Beats and Bites Festival. And you can get those tickets online as well at uh, Riverwind.com or at the casino box office. Okay, Uh, June 21st, is that the uh, champion barbecue this year?
1: I don't believe that's been set yet. Okay. Uh, I know that there have been – well, and I think a lot depends on – because there are many bowling pins in the air right now in Oklahoma's recruiting department, but we know it's going to be in June. That's what it is every year. Uh, It's – it, it seems to me that it's either going to be the weekend of June 21st through 23rd or the weekend of June 28th through 30th. Okay, uh, Those are the two those dates two. right now that uh, several guys have already set official visits for.
0: Got a text from somebody who wanted me to ask you about uh, cortland Gillery, the cornerback from Houston, and the Sooners' chances. cortland Gillery,
1: I haven't heard much there. Uh, I know he visited last month, but... I, here's here, here's actually what I think. So I think Malik Hawkins and Kobe Sellers end up in this class at cornerback. And I wonder if given their current depth, Oklahoma just calls it good there. Mm-hmm. I think they would be open to taking Tristan Haynes because he's an in-state kid, but I also don't think it's a given that Tristan Haynes ends up at Oklahoma, as I've said before. So – I, a lot of it to me just comes down to how how hard do you realistically press for Cortland gillery if you already got two in your lap, and you do right now in Malik Hawkins and Kobe Sellers, and no real need right now for a third because of how much young talent
0: you have at corner. Any uh, new news on uh, Jonah Williams? Still feeling good about the Sooners' chances? Yeah, no new news. Still feel good. There you go. All right, uh, yesterday we saw the uh, – you know, what we're doing with the playoff, five plus seven was improved. Now there's this story. I think Pete Thamel uh, was on it uh, yesterday that could it go to 14 teams, which has already been discussed by 2026. To me, I mean, why 14? Go ahead and go to 16. Some people may think that's too much. You know, we got the 12-team playoff coming. Uh, but you know that the uh, you've seen all the, the the speculation, obviously, which I don't think is speculation at all, really. That the SEC and the Big Ten will be looking for four each, and uh, they have the uh, they are you know they they both have the big hammers right now, and I still think the SEC is the biggest, but the Big Ten certainly has has a pretty big one as well. Where if you know they don't get kind of their way and. and and I think because of the leverage they have, they will get their way. But they can always say, you know what? You know, we're just going to go do our own thing. You guys have fun, all right? But uh, what do you think? 14 seems like a really strange number. But I think eventually we're going to get to 16.
1: I feel like eventually we have to get to 16. You can't, you can't hang on 14 for long, right? Because it is. It is a weird number. And gosh... Uh, like there's never been there's never been anybody in all of sports offhand that I can think of that's been able to pull off 14 of anything and make it feel natural right the big Ten had 14 teams for several years and it always just felt like okay, either be a super conference or don't right because 12 teams was the max back in, Well, I guess you got to go back almost 15 years now if you're really talking about the glory days of college football, uh, at least as I remember it, when all the conference alignments seemed proper. But then the Big Ten got to 14 teams, and it just felt unwieldy, I guess would be the proper word, but... Yeah, 14 is just an odd number any way you slice it. I guess, well, technically it's an even number, but it is as odd a number as you will find amongst the even numbers. So, yeah, I think 16 is the sweet spot. Uh,
0: What would you think? I know that uh, Nick Saban apparently is going to be doing some game day stuff, but if we had a czar of college football, Nick Saban should be that guy. I know it is – Kind of his exit interviews the wrong way to phrase it, but I'll go ahead and do that. But when he talked to Reese Davis after he announced his retirement, he said, you know, he was concerned. I want to keep looking after college football and the direction we're going and all of that stuff. We need somebody in charge. Who is in charge of college football? Greg Sankey? I mean, if... If, there's if a you're looking at one person, maybe he's the guy, yeah, I mean, right?
1: If there is one person, it's probably Greg Sankey that has the most power in college football. But the NCAA just needs to be taken behind the barn and shot. Is really the NCAA
0: just at. needs to run the championships, what they've done, and then bow out. And... Um you know, they, they, they just – they don't have any power. They're not going to well, win the court cases, and we need a new system for college football.
1: And they're they're trying to regulate the most bizarre stuff. Like, did oh, you I see today, today, this yes. morning, they're like,
0: you can't decorate recruits' hotel
1: rooms on official No cupcakes annual. for you. No cookie cakes. No nothing. It's just like, like why? Why? How does that make any sense? If – okay, so – Basically, what they've done is they've said, yeah, recruits can take as many official visits as they want and then told recruiting offices, well, you can't put as much effort in as you once could into making these official visits special. So all in all, they're just cheapening the official visit experience for student
0: athletes. I mean. That is just ridiculous. The big problems we have out there, and you know what? We don't want any cupcakes in a room before the official visit, before they get in the offices. You know, I mean, that's just, you sit around a table and that's what you come up with. I don't know. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. my Chevrolet text line. Let's get one or two in, and then we'll bring uh, Brandon Rabar in next segment.
1: JD and Tulsa says 12 is great, 14 works fine. How much do we want to devalue the regular season? Do we want top ranked teams resting their starters? There are not more than 12 national title contenders on a yearly basis. And I think there is a ton of truth in that. I think. Yeah.
0: My thought, though, is if you go to 14, you might as well go 16.
1: Well, yes. I don't see any reason to go 14, though, because I think yeah. JD is spot either. on. Right around that 10 to 12 threshold is where you start to make the distinction between teams that, in a perfect world, could win the national championship under the right circumstances and the teams that just aren't there.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you.
1: there is no sense to me in expanding the playoff field beyond 12 teams. I Again, I have long said, if you just want to eliminate any controversy whatsoever – and you just want to make it as much of a meritocracy as possible. Get rid of the conference championship games and play a 64-team tournament just like they do in college basketball. Obviously, that will never happen in football. But what I don't want is to see the playoff field continually expand a little bit and then a little bit and then a little more to where we have 16 teams and then we have 20 teams and then we have 24 teams and then we have 28. And it's, it's, okay, Stop. Stop.
0: By the way, the uh, two words that don't seem to go together and fit very well anymore, student-athlete, because it seems like we're moving away from that uh, in some instances because, you know, we need to look out for the safety of these kids. How many games to win a national? Oh, we're going to get up to 18 games. Okay, yeah. How much money does it bring in? Okay, yeah, we can go for that. All right, let's break right here. Coming up on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, our friend Brandon Rabar, Thunder Insider, DailyThunder.com. Big game for the Thunder. They open the uh, really not the second half of the season, but the stretch run tonight against the Clippers at the Baycom Center. We'll preview it coming up next.
4: Incredible uh, for how young, um, you know, most of the guys are, and uh, you know, just the I think the the poise that they showed for such young players is unique. You know, obviously, have some some guys like uh, Shea and Jada who are able to take over a game by themselves, and that definitely helps. But um, everybody everybody seems to do their job. I think that was another thing is that everyone does their job. They, they, they play to their strengths, and, um, you know, it's a team first thing. So I think that's uh, what, what was impressive to me.
0: By Parker Thune right there. Very nice. Gordon Hayward yesterday meeting the media, talking about his impressions of Oklahoma City from afar, and now he's a part of the Thunder squad that will host the L.A. Clippers tonight, 7 o'clock at the Paycom Center. Uh, Brandon Rabar, our friend Brandon, dailythunder.com, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And, and Brandon, when you look at uh, this game tonight with Oklahoma City, uh, if I'm correct, looking over the schedule, they don't play another current. Now, it could change, but they don't play another current top-four seed in the West the rest of the regular season after this one. that's right you know if you look at the tiebreakers with minnesota and denver pretty good shape right and you look at this Clippers series which is 1-1 this becomes a pretty pretty big game tonight right
6: yeah it really does like you said they don't play the wolves or the nuggets anymore they have the season series on the wolves 3-1 uh the wolves is 2-2 so the clippers thunder game tonight season series is on the line tiebreaker wise and what's good is Those other three teams, you know, the top four kind of separated from the pack. The other three teams play each other quite a few times the rest of the way. So, they'll be giving each other losses, and the Thunder will be clear of those three teams. So, big game tonight, season go.
1: Now, Brandon, let me let me ask you a question that I hear quite a bit nationally. You know, it gets regurgitated, and I don't know whether we've addressed this specific conversation, but I think it's a fair one to ask, given where the Thunder are, and they kind of fall in the same category as the Timberwolves in this regard. And that question is, okay, how how do I trust this team as they get ready for the postseason? Yeah, they look really good on paper and to the naked eye, sure, but – are, is the fact that they haven't been there, done that, cause for concern that maybe this postseason run for OKC doesn't last as long as maybe Thunder fans are hoping it might?
6: Yeah, it's a fair question because historically young NBA teams just don't win in the playoffs. They've got to take the lumps. They've got to go in, get the bruises, usually come back the next year, the next couple years stronger uh, because it's a different ball game in the playoffs. So historically young teams don't win. What I would say to that, though, is typically young teams aren't as good as this Thunder team. Uh, They've kind of bugged history with this team so far being this young and playing this well, being a number two seed right now. And if you look back, probably the most successful team this young uh, that did well in the playoffs just happened to be the Thunder team from, you know, over a decade ago with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. So... It's a fair question, but, you know, most young teams don't have a, a legit P candidate and two other guys who, uh, you know, are, are nearing all-star status already in Chet Holmgren and uh, Jalen Williams. So, very fascinated to see how they do in the
0: playoffs this year. What uh, Where would you set the over and under on uh, Gordon Hayward minutes tonight?
6: Tonight, you know, he hasn't played since December 26th, so... I think that he's going to be a real rotation player moving forward and and get anywhere between 20 to 25 minutes a night. I'll say the over-under tonight, though, his first game, I'll say 17.5 minutes for tonight.
0: Wow. That'd be be nice. Thunder fans be excited. Everybody, you know, you've got the uh, anti-giddy crowd, and I get it because Thunder fans remember – you know, the Andre Robertson situation where they were playing four on five at times. And uh, giddy has got great basketball IQ. He does so throw some passes that, man, what were you thinking? That's a little too much. Degree of difficulty. But, uh, you know, there's there's a contingent, a large contingent of Thunder fans that think that Giddy's uh, presence, you know, down the stretch in some of these big games could be a big problem in the postseason for Oklahoma City. And they're hoping that Gordon Hayward solves that issue. Okay, so... Kevin Durant came on the Boardroom podcast. They talked, and he talked glowingly about his days in Oklahoma City and the family atmosphere and how, how different the environment was, and he loved it. Of course, he spoiled everybody's 4th of July when he went to Golden State. But, um, and, and I was interested. I'm like, okay, i got to see the reaction from uh, Thunder fans to this. And it was about 60-40, you know, screw him. Uh, but slowly but surely, maybe time is healing that wound. How long do you think it would take for Oklahoma City to recognize Kevin Durant, say, after he retires? Are we going to have to wait till Katie's like 60 years old, or what are you thinking?
6: Yeah, you know, I I, I agree with you. It probably was about 60-40 uh, between Thunder fans because I, I had to read all the comments as well. Uh, I will say, though, 60-40 is a vast difference than you know five years ago when it would have been ninety nine percent to one percent. So right. that saying, you know, I think the trajectory will continue, which he's been doing fairly consistency for the past year. Or so there's been a different you know vibe from KD when he talks about his Thunder days and, and the organization now. It's all positive vibes. So if that continues, you know, it's kind of like an, you know extending an olive branch in a way, and I'll say once he retires, you know, maybe three to five years, you know, I, I do think there, there's a lot of debate. Will they retire his jersey? I think they're going to retire his jersey. I mean, he was – I mean, I was, think was, you
0: have to. You have to, yeah. right? Or you look yeah. really petty. You look more yes. – you You look not as bad as KD did when he left, but, I mean – Oklahoma City still has a really good reputation for being a class franchise. Sam Presti has always operated that way, and if if you don't do that, then it'll it'll reflect badly, I think, in the long run.
6: Yeah, exactly. And and you know when you look at you know the decade he was here for nine years, uh, four Western Conference Finals finals, he won MVP here, won multiple scoring titles, and really he and Russ put Oklahoma City, the team, on a map. But really, Oklahoma City you know, kind of on an international map and help the city grow and all those things. So very impactful. So it'll happen. I'll, you know, I say three to five years because it's that typical, like, after somebody retires, you know, that's like how long you wait to induct them in the Hall of Fame, that type of thing. So, So, yeah, I'll say three to five years after he retires.
1: Brandon, all in all... What do you think has been the most impressive aspect of the Thunder season today? And it's a tough question, right? Because do you go with Shea Gilders Alexander's ascension to legitimate MVP caliber status or the emergence of Jalen Williams or Chet Holmgren being who he is, fresh off an injury that cost him his entire first season in the league? But to you, what's been the most impressive aspect of it?
6: Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those three. I, can I cheat and say that the Thunder actually have a big three now? Uh, because there was the question of, is Shay going to be a star? Can he be an all-star? Can he become a superstar? He answered all those questions. Then the question was, can they surround him with another star? And it looked like, you know, Chet living up to the hype right away and J.W. merging. The fact that the Thunder have a big three, a legitimate big three that all look like all-star caliber and they're age 25, 22 and 21 to me that's the biggest thing because they're all locked up in contracts to be with the thunder for years so they have a big three going forward so the present is set up really well but with the big three the future is set up really well as well
0: brandon great stuff thank you thank you thank you we'll talk to you again soon absolutely thanks guys Brandon Rabar joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. I I think eventually, and look, I was as angry as anybody. We roasted Kevin Durant every single day for like two years. Um, But I think eventually uh, that that wound is starting to heal a little bit. There's always going to be some people out there. Screw him forever. Uh, But I think down the road, maybe it's going to take 10, 15 years, but he'll get his night in Oklahoma City. I really think Durant left, when I look back on it, because he didn't think he could win a national – or not a national championship, but an NBA championship with Russell Westbrook. I think that was the main thing. So, anyway, there you go. All right, break time right here. Cavens Group, love being out here on a Thursday. Tomorrow at another great place, Riverwind Casino. Let's take a break, come back with some final notes. Next, right here, Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans. You know what I love uh, on the ref, Parker? What do you love? Besides all of our great shows, the fact that T.J. Perry is the voice of the Sooner Theater. <laughs> I just, I still, I keep hearing, life is a cabaret, old chum. Because he is a, he loves musicals. He definitely loves musicals. There's no doubt about it. No question. All right, 405-651-3439. I did get a, a text from a friend, and I like his question. Give me an underrated wild card guy who could take the defense to another level next fall. Now, I've got a name first. Okay. Because in – I don't know the the 100% situation unless I missed it. I'm saying maybe the wild card guy could be Justin Harrington. Okay. So do we know? Is there? They think that's going to get approved, right?
1: They do think it's going to be approved. They have not heard back from the NCAA. Yet. It was funny. I, I touched base with a good source on that front just last night and was told, yep, still haven't heard anything, so they're, they're still waiting for word. But there, there's no reason to deny that guy his seventh year. If the NCAA does that, then all of Sooner Nation should wage war on all of the powers that be because there is no justifiable reason to deny him another year of eligibility.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm throwing that name out there because, and again, we've heard a lot of hype on Justin Harrington before, and he didn't quite live up to it. But, sure. Uh, you know, I know Teddy said last fall he was, you know, looks great, could have an All-American type of year, unfortunately got the, the early injury. Who is another name you would look at to answer that question?
1: As far as taking the defense to the next level, I think – are we talking enough about Kip Lewis? I know it's early, and maybe we haven't really had to start – maybe we haven't had those conversations in earnest, but I think the two guys that come to mind for me are Kip Lewis and Kendall Dolby, two guys that kind of quietly had brilliant seasons last year defensively for Oklahoma and gave the Sooners really good snaps – some really good highlights in there, and when they were at the top of their game, they were making a difference. And Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman coming back, that's obviously the big storyline. People expect David Stone to be a force on the interior. People expect the pass rush to be really, really good with P.J. Adibabara and R. Mason Thomas and Caden Willard and Ethan Downs, et cetera, Trace Ford as well. Obviously, you get Woody Washington back at corner, but I think amidst it all, what gets lost is the contribution that you got, especially down the stretch in the second half of the year uh, this past fall from Kendall Dolby at the Cheetah spot and Kip Lewis at linebacker. I'll be honest, Steele. I I feel like you have to give Kip Lewis the edge over Jaron Canick to start alongside yeah. Danny Stutzman heading into 2024. It's a
0: big year for Jaron Kanick. At times he's looked great. We know he's got the physical tools, got speed. Uh, You know, all of the things, great athlete, but at times he's out of position and, you know, he's, he just seems lost on pass coverage sometimes. So this seems to be a a really big year for Jaron Canning.
1: It is. And again, if it all comes together for him, gosh, man, that Oklahoma linebacker room has the potential to be so, so good because you know, Stutzman's not coming off the field unless he absolutely has to snaps are going to come at a premium. Man, they really are. Like, one of those three guys, Kip Lewis, Kobe McKenzie, Jaron Kanick, one of those three guys is going to end up playing far fewer snaps than they probably deserve, and it's not because they're not good enough. It's not going to be because they're not good enough, but it's just going to be because there are too many guys ahead of them on the pecking order.
0: Yeah, and they, and they still – they love Sammy Omosigo, and they love, like, Lewis Carter well, as well, right? Like, what Where? Yeah. What about Omosigo and Carter and all this? Like, I,
1: honestly – Stutzman coming back is amazing. There is no Sooner fan whose opinion is worth anything that would argue Stutzman coming back is anything less than the best thing that happened to Oklahoma all offseason. But one of the side effects, if you will, is that it's probably going to be another year before you see Samuel Masigo and or Lewis Carter making a real tangible impact for this program. And then, injuries. The,
0: yeah, and then what you have to do is cross your fingers, man, and think, hope these guys stay, right? And yeah. they don't portal. Um, because, you know, when you recruit really well and you have people come back, that you're right, the great part is getting uh, Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman, uh, you know, coming back for the first year in the SEC is a great thing. But at the same time, you know, playing time and and they may love brent almost i think these guys lewis carter they you know they seem to be bought in with brent but eventually you want to play so uh we'll see then and that when you recruit really well like they have um you know that's another side of the coin that you have to deal with what about a potential guy that could take the offense to the next level besides you know like jackson arnold playing great
1: I gosh, like honestly, and you know, I know it's, I I know there's a reason why you kind of took that off the table because it's the obvious answer. But I honestly, I, I I think it's the only answer. This offense and their play in 2024 is going to be heavily dictated by how sharp Jackson Arnold is at the quarterback position because the backfield is very strong. You bring back a guy in Gavin Sawchuk that closed the year with five straight 100-plus-yard performances, and you're going to have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. Man, we know Bill Biedenboe, regardless of what it looks like, he's going to have his offensive line up to snuff. It's all on Jackson Arnold's shoulders, man. That is my only question. And I, admittedly, it's not much of one. Like, I, I'm I, not sitting here going, oh, boy, what if Jackson Arnold sucks in 2024? It's, It's a question of, well, is he going to be good or is he going to be great? And I don't necessarily think he needs to be great in order for the Sooners to win a lot of games in the SEC. But if he is great, man, you are I think you're talking about a potential playoff team in 2024.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and part of this is I don't know that there's any other Sooner first-year quarterback that's faced a schedule like this. I mean, the old Big 8, you had one year, you had one, two, three in the country, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado. There have been some tough slates for Sooner quarterbacks, but this one ranks up with the very toughest, and uh, we'll see, see how JFA performs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, want to thank our friends here at Cavens Group, Gary and the whole crew. They're great. Duke, glad you came through surgery. You're looking good. Tomorrow, out at the one and only Riverwind Casino, it's another big weekend. We'll tell you all about it. I can't wait to see Justin and the crew out there tomorrow. And uh, tonight, Thunder Basketball, be interesting to see, again, how many minutes Gordon Hayward gets in tonight in his debut for OKC, 7 o'clock against the Clippers at the Paycom Center. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you.